On this episode of Weddings for Living, let's talk about the basics of wedding guest seating. Hello, bonjour, guten tag. I'm showing off. Hi, I'm Debbie Quain, and you're listening to another episode of Weddings for a Living, the online talk show created for you if you aspire to or you're currently planning weddings for a living. So this is for wedding pros. To get additional information, I had to think about this for a moment there, <laughs> to get additional information and archived episodes of the show, please visit weddingsforaliving.com. There you'll also find, I just said episodes, <laughs> articles, and you'll also find a pretty comprehensive wedding planner's glossary because when you're dealing with weddings, it comes with its own set of terminology and words that you may may, may be familiar with. I, I learned a lot just creating the glossary, so check that out. If you just go to weddingglossary.com, you'll see the um, the index page of all the words, and I, I add to it continually. This show is also available on iTunes. I want to say that it would be great if you would re leave a review on iTunes. That way I can find out if I'm doing things the right way, if I'm giving you the information you need. And also jumping back to the website, weddingsforaliving.com, each show, each episode has its own show page with notes. And you can listen to the, you can listen to the episode either from the website, you can listen to the episodes on iTunes. But any notes, any links that I mention will always be on the episode page. So today, this is episode 399. So weddingsforaliving.com slash 399 will have everything, well, just about the main points, the highlights of what I'm talking about today, which happens to be about seeding wedding guests. And this came, this is something I've had on the back burner. And I wanted to talk about it because I did a one-on-one -on -one consultation with a member of dayofweddingbusiness.com. So he wanted some one-on-one -on -one time and we talked about a few things and we were going over his packages, his wedding planning packages and wedding guest seating was listed in there and I wanted to make sure that I covered that today. Now, clearly this is audio. There's only so much information that I can share with you because wedding seating kind of has, has a visual element which is lost with audio. So I'll do my best to give you the basics. This by no means is a comprehensive everything you need to know. But these are the basics for wedding guest seating. And then you can take it in whichever direction you want to want to with regard to software and things like that. I usually stay away from suggesting software because what happens is as time progresses, the resources that I'm suggesting either disappear, aren't as great. So by giving you the foundation, I know that you are going to go out there and find something that works for you to make things a little easier. But no matter what you do, whatever tools you use with regard to what, when it comes to planning weddings, the idea is that you should have a, a foundation of what to do that if, you know, for some reason software fails, power outage or something like that, you can still have the basic information that you fall back on. You know what I mean? Simple, just like how addition and subtraction, division, multiplication are the basis of moving forward different things in life. So seeding. It's a big thing. And, and what I'm referring to today has more to do with wedding reception seating, not wedding ceremony seating. Because the reception is usually the big part of the wedding day. And this is a party that 
your clients are hosting that are probably it's probably the biggest party they will host. One of the biggest parties, if not the biggest parties that they will ever host. And there are usually a, quite a few guests that are coming at the wedding reception. It's a good idea to arrange seating. And this is something that many, many wedding planners offer to help the clients with. But I want to say this as someone who has been planning for several years, I think when you're new, especially when you're new as a professional wedding planner, the, the goal, your, your desire is to do as much as you can for your clients. You want to help them to make sure this wedding is a success. But the thing is, the, the more I plan weddings, the less I try to do. <laughs> Sounds odd, right? Planning a wedding takes many, many hours. And we keep wedding plans. We want to pile on. We want to offer so many levels of our service to our clients. And what I found is a lot of times, number one, we're not compensating ourselves fairly for all the work that we're doing. But secondly, we underestimate how long and how time consuming it is to do certain things. And man, doing the seating is one of those things. So the thing with, 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 with arranging seating for a wedding is that the RSVPs have to come in first. You have to know who is coming to the wedding first. And the problem, if I can phrase it that way, the problem with that is it doesn't happen in midway. It doesn't happen at the beginning. The RSVP is coming at the end. They come in at the end of the wedding planning process. And our busiest time as wedding planners is towards the end of the wedding planning process. So we've got a lot of stuff to do. When you tack on seating of wedding guests onto that and onto that long list, especially at the busiest time, you can see how this might be a problem, especially if you're doing this as a one woman, one man show. Many of us do do our weddings on our own. But if you're the only person, the more work you're piling on for yourself towards the end, it's going to create a problem for you. So my advice <laughs> is to try to pull back when it comes to doing certain things for your clients. Now, if you're doing full service planning, you, there's no getting around this. But this is why you also have to make sure that you're compensated fairly because of the amount of time involved. Okay? So I know, my darling, I know you want to do as much as you can for your clients. But make sure you're being compensated, number one. And number two, please don't underestimate the time involved to do something as detailed as, as wedding guest seating. So with regard to a reception... The, the, the idea is that we assign at least a, pl a place for our wedding guests to be to, to sit. Now, if the wedding is a small wedding, anything under 75 people, you may you might be able to get away with not doing guest seating. But for the most part, I would say, you know, let's say between 50, anything over 50, definitely over 75. You need to there needs to be some sort of seating set up for wedding guests. We definitely want to assign a table. So there are tables set up at the wedding reception site. All, this all has to do with dining, right? So wedding guests need to be assigned to a specific table. If you've got 100 guests, 10 people to a table, there should be 10 tables set up, right? You can also assign seats at the table. specifically. So everyone has a table that they're going to. But then you can go one step further and say, when you get to the table... I want you to sit here in this specific chair. What usually happens is you just assign a table and whoever gets to the table first picks their seat and so forth, right? But your clients will have to decide how they want to do this. Now, it, the whether they want to assign seats 
or just assigned tables has a lot to do with the style of the wedding reception. So for a formal wedding reception, formal dining option, should I say, where there are several courses completely seated, not a buffet style, then assigned seating at the specific seats at the table usually comes into play then because guests are spending more time at where, uh, in their chairs. A wedding where maybe it's a buffet style where folks are getting up, getting their food and then sitting back down. Oftentimes it isn't necessary to assign seatings for specific specific chairs, for, for chairs at the table, but totally up to your clients. But just realize that unless it is a very a full course meal with several courses, wedding guests are really only spending about an hour, an hour and a half in their seats. So when you keep that in, when knowing that, then it isn't such a huge deal for assigned seats at a table because most of the time at the wedding isn't spent with your guests engaging with one another at the table. Now, again, it, it depends on your client's preference and the style of the wedding reception, just basically whatever it is that they want. But you should be there to guide them. But just remind your clients, it's only about 90 minutes or so for being seated at each dining table. And your clients have a choice of, you know, whether it's going to be a round table, rectangular tables, or square. And the venue will help with regard to the setup of those tables. But when it comes to figuring out where everyone is seated, this is what I'm referring to. Now, the thing is, with regard to wedding seating your wedding guests, your clients have to be involved in that process because there's a certain type of dynamic with family, you know, who's speaking to whom, who wants to be seated with this person, this friend doesn't get along with that person. You coming in from the outside don't have that intel. You don't have that information. Your clients have to be involved in assigning seats or at least assigning tables for wedding guests. And as I mentioned earlier, the seating is determined by who's coming, which ties in directly with RSVPs. Who's going to monitor RSVPs? Because many of us wedding planners put our hands up and say, I'm going to handle all the guest seating. We're going to manage RSVPs. So if you're doing seating, if you put your hand up and say, I want to do seating, you've got to realize who's managing the RSVPs. Is that us, the wedding planning company, or is that my client? And then how are they going to get that information to me? Am I going to, are we going to check in several times a week or just once a week? Are they just going to complete automatically forward information? And then what about the people that don't RSVP? Who's going to follow up? Is that going to be us, the wedding planning company, or is it going to be my clients? These are things you have to think about. So before you rush to it and say, I want to, I'm handling everything, you need to have a system in place as to how that's all, how, how that's going to work. And again, it involves a lot of time. We have, again, this urgency to want to do everything for our clients. But before you do that, stop, stop. And this, if this is something that you want to be in control of, because you have the, you already, you are the best person to do this, make sure you are charging for this. So let's say you're doing day of my favorite go-to, right? And you decide that you want to be the master of the wedding guest seating at the wedding reception site. If you only have one level of service for day of, I would include, I would set up wedding guest seating as an add-on, meaning I'll, I'll do the, the planning and the seating and everything. That's how I handle that because it's not something that works for me because there's enough going on I, I, to deal with guest seating, me, meaning I'm not, not that I don't want to help my clients or I won't help my clients. I just don't want to be the guru, the head person. 
my client's responsibility is to do the guest seating and I'm going to be there as a, uh, the consultant le level giving advice. You know what I mean? If, if that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about what stuff we need to do the wedding guest seating. You'll need a seating chart, maybe. A seating chart is like a big poster which lists where everyone is seating, which table they have been assigned to on one large sheet. Escort cards, which will identify a name, a guest name, and will have a table assignment, either the table name or a table number. You'll also need table numbers or table names, sort of like the roadmap, the name for each table, the name or the number for each table. And then if your clients do decide they want to assign seats for everybody at each specific table, you'll need place cards. So those are your four main elements, seating chart, escort card, table numbers, and place cards. So the seating chart, this is a huge poster sized, a poster sized, <laughs> it's a poster. And it's usually located at the entrance of the wedding reception room, wherever the, wherever the food is being served. It's in alphabetical, well, it can be set up two ways. It can either be set up in alphabetical order, which actually makes the most sense because guests will know where to zone in for their name. And then beside each guest name will be the table number or the table name. A seating chart can also be set up by the table. So let's say there are 10 tables. It might have table one, table two, table three, so forth. And underneath each table number or name will be the guests, the name of the guests that are going to be seated there. That doesn't work as well because guests now have to scan through and look for their names. But again, if it's in alphabetical order, that makes sense. I just look for my name. It needs to be in a place that's visible. And what I would really recommend is having more than one. So maybe one on the left, one on the right. Because if you have more than 100 guests coming in, it gets very congested when people are looking for their names on a seating chart. A seating chart works well as an additional way to find, find out where folks are sitting meaning it shouldn't be the only option for people to know where they're sitting. But what is more popular are escort cards. Escort cards are cards that are listed with a, a guest name and then the guest table identifier, either the table name or the table number. The cards are set up in alphabetical order at the entrance or someplace close to the entrance of the room where the, the food is being served, where the main event is happening usually set up on, now I shouldn't say usually, there are way, so many options for doing the escort card table. A lot of different creative ways. Sometimes you'll see them hanging from ribbons on tree limbs, um, looking like uh, with, with antique clothespins on a line for a vintage look. Lots of different ways. But the bottom line is the escort cards need to be arranged in alphabetical order so that guests can find them, have the information that they need, which is the table number, and usually set up on a six or eight foot table, maybe more tables, depending on how many escort cards there are. So if your clients are, are doing, are, are, if your clients are taking charge of the seating, they need to have these escort cards written up. They can either be printed. If they have a calligrapher, they'll be set up that way. But this is something that you need in order to set up the reception site on the wedding day. Alphabetical order. And then you just lay them out in rows, depending on how many guests are coming. So that's the escort card. Sometimes you'll hear escort cards are being identified as place cards. That's not the same thing. Escort cards, think of being escorted to the table. 
The other element that I mentioned are table numbers. So this is, this is how guests identify where their table is. It's like the road sign. If you're driving and you're looking, you, you've got to turn left on Main Street, you're looking for a sign that says Main Street. So a table number identifies, hey, this is table five. Oh, that's table one over there. Your client may decide that they want to use names for tables. And usually something that has, has some significance to either one of the couples. But whatever it is, it's an identifier for the table. And the table number needs to be visible from a, a distance. Sometimes I've seen the table numbers that are pretty low, which means you have to go right up to the table to see which table it is, what table number it is. But if you can get the table number to stand a few inches off the table, that's much better. Everybody can find them. So the table number goes hand in hand with the escort cards. And then, as I mentioned, if your clients decide that they want their guests to sit in specific seats at each table, then when the guests arrive at the table, they found their table number or table name, there'll be a place card at each setting that lets the guests know, I want you to sit here, not over there, right here. A place, place cards require additional time for setup because now you've got the seat, the escort cards at the front, and then you need to go and put place settings a place card at each setting, at each place setting at each table. May not sound like a big deal, but when you've got a lot of things going on, you need to have extra hands on deck to do this. And I know many wedding planners do the day of thing on their own. I know I did that at first and vowed never to do it again. But if you've got a lot of, th if you've got vendors that you've got to monitor, if you've got to make sure that the rest of the room is set up correctly, adding place cards to the mix of things takes up additional time. So your clients, if they're taking the lead with the seating, need to have those things prepared for you. Place cards for each of the settings, alphabetized escort cards, and then the seating chart. And on top of that, on top of these stationary elements, you, the wedding planner, should have your own cheat sheet, which is really just another version of the seating chart, which tells you by looking at the guest name exactly where everyone is seated. And when I say you, I mean everyone on your team for the seating, because on the wedding day, there's a lot going on. You need to make sure that you and your staff are positioned in a place to help guests as they arrive. So your first time seeing where everyone's seated, where everyone is seated isn't at the time of the wedding, when the wedding reception begins, you should already have this information beforehand. With regard to seating at the wedding reception, you know, the guests of honor, the couple who are the newlyweds, have the option of either sitting traditionally either at a head table with their bridal party. So this is usually a traditionally, I'm saying I don't I, traditionally, usually it's totally up to them, but it's a long seat. It's a, it's a rectangular table, usually facing the wedding guests. And all the, the, the bride and the groom or the couple getting married is sit, sit, sit <laughs> seated at the middle. And then they've got their wedding party flanked on either side, facing outwards to the guests. Tr really, any table where the couple is seated is identified as the head table. But then your clients also have the option to just sit at a table on their own without their bridal party surrounding them. And that's referred to as a sweetheart table. It's just the bride and the groom or just the couple seated at a table by themselves. So the flow is guests come in, they look for their escort card, maybe look at the seating chart, 
pick up their escort card, which tells them you are sitting at table number five. Then they go to table number five and either they're going to choose a seat at table five or if there are place cards with names, they will then look for place card that has their name on and then they'll be seated there. Now, when it comes to seating, there are lots of options out there, software, apps to help you with this. And again, because seating has to happen towards the end, anything, any element, any resource you have that's going to speed up the process for you is helpful because many times the changes are going on until the very last minute. I mean, on the wedding day, hours before the wedding reception, seating is being moved around. But, you know, what resources should you use? And as I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm hesitant to make a suggestion because I don't want the information to be outdated. So I will tell you that when I started planning weddings, when dinosaurs were roaming the earth and everything, I was using software that was connected, which was, which was an all-inclusive wedding planning software. I think it was Elm software and, and what it has, it, it had a place for like an Excel spreadsheet type with just the guest names. And then it would just assign, you can pick the table where guests would seat and you could rearrange it. It's perfect. I mean, bells and whistles, it made life so easy for me. But, you know, you can go old school. If you're able to get the post-it notes that are the skinny sort of rectangular ones and just write guest names on there, it could be as simple as having circles, assuming that we're working with circular tables, and then just taping the names of the seats around the circles. That works too. But what I would urge you to do is to provide a tip sheet or a cheat sheet for your clients. Give them all the tools to figure out the seating and go that route before you jump in and say, I'm going to do all the seating. Now, if you choose to do that, that's fine. And if you've got software that makes it super easy, then go at it. But just be prepared to know that, again, because it's happening towards the end of the wedding planning process, wedding guest seating can really throw things off with regard to your timing. Because as a wedding planner, we have our own master checklist, checklist, at least you should have, of all the things that you have to do for your client's wedding in the same way that you'd open a bridal magazine or open a wedding planning book and see, you know, at nine months, you should be doing this. At six months before the wedding, you should be doing that. We as wedding planners should have a, a checklist that, that flows in the same way. And because the seating thing is happening at the end, I keep saying it, but I think many new wedding planners overlook this. It's just adding to the workload. Make sure you're charging for this. And the key is disclosure. Let your clients know. This is what I do. When I meet with my clients, the very first time we meet after they've signed the contract, months before the wedding, I let them know what it is I need from them. And one of the items I need, one the group of items I need has to do with seating. Hey, I'm going to need escort cards in alphabetical order about three days before the wedding, no later than three days before the wedding. If you're having a seating chart put together, I'll need that seating chart then too. And what I also suggest, if depending on how much involvement there has been, I suggest that when they're setting out their wedding invitations, the RSVP, RSVP deadline date should be about a month before the wedding. So if the wedding day is May 5th, my suggestion is that they should be shooting for an RSVP deadline of April 5th. That gives them enough time to see who's coming, who isn't, and enough time to follow up with the people that haven't RSVP'd. 
not two weeks before the wedding, not three weeks, a month before is the deadline, not when everyone should respond, but the latest time to hear from anyone should be a month before. And then they can start working on seating charts and then they can start getting the place, the escort cards figured out. And then they can determine, do they want place cards at the place setting instead of escort cards? I don't know if you noticed that I almost slipped up with the place card escort cards. It happens. Just remember, place card has to do with place setting, which means at the table. Escort card is escort, walking to. It's to get them from the entrance of the wedding reception room to the table. And because everyone's usually coming in at the same time, another thing that I've that I've encouraged my clients to do is to have the seating charts set up at the cocktail area or in the cocktail room. So people already have a heads up. They know where they're going. Because if you're looking at your name on a seating chart and you know where you're going to be seated, then you don't need the escort card per se because they're serving the same purpose. So anything you can do to eliminate any bottlenecks, any crowds of people gathered, at, in the doorway or standing in a line, you want to fit you. You want to do that. So, putting the seating chart in the cocktail area or in the, if it's in a separate room works out really well. Another neat and really elegant way is to set up the escort cards on a tray and have someone walk around with them. So it's almost like passing hors d'oeuvres. You're passing out escort cards. So maybe you have one of your staff has the letters A through. K and then the other person has L through Z depending on how many guests there are and so you walk around and say you know I have escort cards here does your last name begin you know is in the letters between the letters A through K yeah sure okay well here why don't we look for your escort cards so you'll know exactly where you need to sit sit and when we enter the wedding reception room you can go straight to your table so coming up with ideas like that um what we're paid to do you know, be creative and creativity goes way beyond the what looks creative, you know, the, the the way the escort cards are designed. But think practically, think logistically. How can I make this easier for my clients and easier for wedding guests? And make sure that at the beginning of the wedding reception that you and your, st your staff are visible, that people can find you and you're there ready to help. If someone looks lost, help them find their name. And this is why having that cheat sheet on hand for your eyes only is good. You can just look, okay, let's just look at your name here. Oh, Kathy Jones, you're seated at table three, which is right over there. Did you, did you get that? Because sometimes we're getting wrapped up in things like, as I just mentioned, oh, how's the escort card? How can we creatively set up the escort cards? Or what design can we use for table numbers? Those are great, and I'm not knocking that. But remember, we have got to make things flow seamlessly, almost regimented, but to make it look like it's effortless. And if you're thinking practically, thinking about the things you need, telling your clients before, you know, before the wedding day gets here what you need from them and reminding them, hey, I'm going to need the escort cards in alphabetical order. Hey, do we have the seating chart? What are we going to mount this on? Where are we going to position it? Do we have an easel? Do we only have one? Could we get two? Maybe we can set this up in the cocktail area. What do you think about that? These are things that I that, that, that are important for you to think about when it comes to seating your wedding guests. But I would love to know your thoughts. What's working for you? What Have you had any 
any difficulties and that you've figured out how to master them? What software are you using? What apps are you using for seeding? I will provide some links on the show page so that you'll, um, so you can see some of the options that are out there. Again, I'm hesitant to say them during the episode on the audio right now because I don't want the information to be outdated depending on when you are listening. So today's episode is weddingsforliving.com slash 399 weddingsforliving.com slash 399. Please post your comments and your feedback there. And also, if you have a question or something you'd like to share for the rest of us to hear, why not call the talkback line? The number to call any time of day is area code 202-681-2126. I'll say it again. 202-681-2126. 2126. And that's the talk back line for Weddings for a Living. Just leave your message. I'll get it. And if your message is not for playback, you've got to say that at the beginning. But for the most part, if you're leaving a message there, I'm hoping it's something that I can play back at a later time so the rest of the world can hear what it is that you have to share. Okay. I hope you found this helpful. My name is Debbie Queen, and you just listened to another episode of Weddings for a Living, the online talk show for wedding planners. Please visit weddingsforliving.com to learn more. And of course, please visit iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear from you. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.